0: Podcast number 767 for the 29th of October 2021. This week, software developers need text editors. These applications are also helpful for anybody who needs to look inside binary files. Even if you never perform any of those tasks, a text editor might still be useful. In short circuits, Windows 11 has been generally available for about four weeks. If it's already on your computer, there are some settings you may want to check. How many people have uttered the words, I'm leaving Facebook, in the past few weeks? Most of them probably are still Facebook users because the service is really hard to leave. In spare parts, only on the website, According to a New York Times article, Facebook is moving to restrict access to some of its internal discussion groups. Most malware, ransomware in particular, come from former Soviet countries. That's probably not a surprise, but The Guardian has a worthwhile report. And 20 years ago, Windows XP and Apple's OS X 10 10.1 were both released about the same time. Software developers use text editors all day, every day. These applications are also useful if you need to examine text in executable files and dynamic link libraries, but writers can use them too, and there are good reasons for doing so. Unlike applications such as WordPerfect, Microsoft Word, and LibreOffice Writer, text editors are incapable of creating bold or italic text bullet lists, tables, footnotes and endnotes, or any of the other seemingly infinite visual effects that those programs can create. It's possible to modify the typeface, size, and color of the text on the screen, but those effects are not stored with the file in a text editor. When used by web programmers or application developers, text editors include color coding that the developer uses to identify sections of the code. When being used to write PHP code, a text editor such as UltraEdit or UE Studio color codes the word function orange, the name of the function gray, and it puts variables in light blue. Comments, code not processed as part of the script, are shown in brown. PHP is a server scripting language commonly used for dynamic and interactive web pages. I suspect that most TechBiter subscribers probably won't use a text editor for PHP, C++, Python, Java, C Sharp, JavaScript, or any of the other dozens of programming and scripting languages. The TechBiter podcast uses an RSS file to communicate information about each week's program. RSS stands for RDF Site Summary. Or maybe really simple syndication, there is some disagreement among those who use it. The RSS file contains information that can be read by both humans and machines. The text editor I use, UE Studio, is essential for this task, and it can also be used to edit HTML files. Most TechBiter subscribers probably won't use those features either. But if you sometimes feel you're being distracted by a word processor's hundreds of functions for formatting text, try eliminating the clutter with a writing tool that doesn't have those functions. Just about every TechBiter Worldwide article starts in UE Studio, not because it's difficult to write in a visual editor such as Dreamweaver, but because visual editors make it all too easy to get sidetracked with formatting instead of facts. UE Studio lets me concentrate on just the message for individual articles, as well as the text that's used for the podcast intro and the section near the end where I list items that'll be in spare parts. A text file called show underscore intro dot txt also contains information that'll be added to the weekly RSS file and the text I use on Friday morning to promote the program on Facebook. It's that kind of usage that's helpful for people who are trying to write a report or other document. Our brains have a couple of modes for a task like this. Writer mode and editor mode. And maybe there's a third these days. Designer mode. When we're writing a report, it's important to get the information down on paper. Although paper these days is invariably a screen. In the past, this work was done on a typewriter. There were no options for editing, revising, or designing. After writing a first draft, we'd mark the pages with corrections and changes, and type another copy. If the report was going to be formatted, somebody else would handle the typesetting and layout. Now, at least in many business settings, the writer is also responsible for editing and design. Those are exactly the tasks that get in the way during the writing phase, and it's one of the reasons I prefer to start with a text editor. Depending on how much you use a text editor, 80 or $90 a year might be prohibitively expensive. That's for UltraEdit or UE Studio. It's a subscription from IDERA. IDM, the company founded by E&D Mead in 1994, was acquired by IDERA in 2021. There are free options, though. Notepad is included with Windows, It's an adequate text processor, but a little thin on features. There's a better free option, though, Notepad++. It's an open-source application that is free. Free as in free speech, and free as in free beer. It's a good replacement for Notepad, and it supports several programming languages. If you'd like to try out the process of writing documents in a text editor, I'd recommend skipping Notepad and starting with Notepad++. Although Notepad++ and a variety of free enhancements offer most of the capabilities of UltraEdit and UltraEdit Studio, you might want to try one of those applications later. Either way, Notepad++ is a great starting point and the program has a very loyal user base. If you find these podcasts useful, and I hope you do, might you consider a donation? There are no ads here, In short circuits, Microsoft started pushing Windows 11 updates out to computers almost four weeks ago, so it may already be on your computer. Perhaps you've intentionally delayed it, or maybe your computer doesn't support Windows 11. If your computer is in that latter case, it's likely that you'll soon be able to find workarounds that promise to let you install the update. Some already exist, and these should be treated with caution. As with most Windows updates, some users reported problems with specific installations. Microsoft has already found and corrected some of those issues. I have installed Windows 11 on the one computer I have that claims to support it, and it seems to work as expected. I like it. If your computer already has been updated, you might want to check a few settings to confirm that the migration worked properly. Assuming the installation completed without error, Windows 11 should be fully activated, but it doesn't hurt to check. That's one way to avoid discovering later that something didn't work quite right. You'll find an activation tab in the System section of Settings, and you should see the word Active. When the computer starts, the Xbox app may open because Microsoft seems to think that all Windows 11 users will want to play Xbox games. If that's not you, click the Apps tab in Settings, then choose Apps and Features, and scroll down to Xbox. Click the vertical dots at the right side of Xbox, and then scroll down to Runs at Login. Turn this off, and yes, Microsoft should have made that quite a bit easier. Windows 11 seems to successfully detect and install drivers for all hardware that was connected, but checking to be sure can eliminate annoyances later. Open settings, choose Bluetooth and devices, and look through the various tabs to confirm that all of the devices you expect to see are really there. Next, take a look to see what unwanted apps Microsoft has added to the taskbar. Space is so limited there now that you'll want to get rid of any icon you don't want. Right-click a blank area in the taskbar and choose Settings. You can turn off the icons you don't want to see. The opposite problem is that Microsoft has removed useful apps from the start screen. Perhaps you'd like the Command Prompt or PowerShell or both to be available at the top of the start screen. Or maybe you'd like the Windows Media Player or some of your installed apps to show up there. Find the apps you want to see in Start, right-click them, and choose Pin to Start. You can move them around later to put them in the order you'd like to see them and power settings. These don't always migrate properly, particularly if you modified the settings under Windows 10. Start with the system section under settings, and click the power and battery tab. You now have only three choices, recommended, better performance, and best performance. However, the control panel is still present, and it's possible to replicate all of your preferred settings there. The update process seems to generally run pretty well for most users, but I'd recommend watching the Tech Guys 5-minute video that outlines some gotchas if you haven't yet made the move. Despite the clickbait title of the video, Liron Segev takes you on a quick and level-headed tour. (laughs) Last week's main article had some tips for making Facebook more palatable. Maybe that information was insufficient and you have decided that you really want to leave. So are you ready to leave Facebook in the dust? Let's start with a reality check and a spoiler. Probably not. How many times has a friend or relative said, If some politician gets elected, I'm moving to Bolivia or some other country. Maybe you've said something like that yourself. And when that politician was elected, did your friend or relative move to Bolivia or some other country? Are you still here after saying you'd leave? People say the same thing about Facebook, and yet a large majority of us still log into Facebook every day. Maybe we waste too much time there. Maybe we really think we should leave. It's something I consider occasionally, but it's more in line with thoughts about becoming a vegetarian. I really like the idea... But I just can't bring myself to do it. Trouble is, there's nothing that would fully replace Facebook. I may have previously recounted a couple of family events that wouldn't have been possible without Facebook. When my older daughter suffered acute and totally unexpected liver failure several years ago, we kept in touch with friends and family via Facebook, It was the only way we could keep in contact with people while concentrating on information from emergency department physicians, the organ transplant team, and all of the other people involved at the hospital. A less dramatic event occurred several years earlier when my wife found a card that a woman in Poland had sent to her mother. She told a relative about the card on Facebook, and the relative made a few inquiries in Poland where she found the woman's granddaughter. The family in Poland had photos of my wife as a child, photos that her mother had sent the woman in a Christmas card in the 1950s. That search took less than a day. So the problem with leaving is that Facebook does a lot of things really well. Unfortunately, one of the things it does really well is annoy users. There is simply nothing that does everything Facebook does. So if you're looking for a replacement, you'll need several additional options. Liker was promising, but the operation was taken down in March because of security issues. The developers were working on improving security and reworking the platform. They announced in mid-summer, Liker is done beta testing and will launch in the next two weeks. The good news is that you can sign up now and we'll email you when we launch. Well, two weeks became four and then it became two months. The beta test is still running in October. Well, anyway, before stopping away from Facebook in disgust, think about using other services for some of what you get from Facebook right now. If you're a member of a neighborhood group on Facebook, you might want to try Nextdoor or Neighbors, which is run by Ring. People who are active on Facebook neighborhood groups might not be willing to go with you to one of the other apps, though. And there are other chat apps. You don't have to use Messenger. You could try Viber, Line, and WeChat. Some of those do have more security issues than Facebook does, though. And one thing, stop thinking of Facebook as a news source. News and information are not Facebook's strongest features. The platform has far too much misinformation and disinformation. If you're looking for news, choose a news site. Liberals who spend a lot of time on the Young Turks website receive a worldview that is just as skewed as conservatives who concentrate on Infowars. Ad Fontes Media ranks some of the best known news organizations on bias and reliability. I have a link to Ad Fontes Media this week in TechBiter Worldwide. The best choices for news are those that are close to the center on bias and close to the top on reliability. These include NPR News Now, the Wall Street Journal, PBS, the Associated Press, Reuters, and most of the broadcast news operations. You might be surprised by the fact that Al Jazeera, although it shows a slight left bias, ranks high in reliability. That could be because Al Jazeera was developed with assistance from the British Broadcasting Corporation. Believing what you read on the hyper-left Pod Save America, or Bipartisan Report, is just as dangerous as believing everything from the hyper-right Newsmax, or OAN. So drop Facebook as a news service and follow legitimate news organizations with trained journalists. Don't use services like Google News, Apple News, or Apple News Plus, which costs $10 a month. The Apple services run only on macOS and iOS devices. And instead of stomping away from Facebook, maybe the better choice is to understand that it has strengths and weaknesses, good points and bad, and to realize that concerted efforts by users might eventually convince the company to do better. And that would be a win for everyone. Don't stomp away from spare parts. Please, direct your browser to the TechBinder Worldwide website. This week, you'll find these articles. According to a New York Times article, Facebook is moving to restrict access to some of its internal discussion groups. Most malware, ransomware in particular, come from the former Soviet bloc countries. That's probably not a surprise, but The Guardian has a worthwhile report. And 20 years ago, Windows XP and Apple's OS X 10, 10.1 were both released about the same time.